Welcome to the Education and Training Foundation podcast. Today we catch up with the ETF's Director of Diversity, Jeff Greenwich, and Mark Wright, the ETF's Director of Development and Evidence. In this episode, Jeff speaks to Mark about the fundamental changes educators and leaders can adopt to create a feeling of inclusion in the education sector and the value of diversity to the ETF as an organisation. Hi, I'm Jeff Greenwich, Director for Diversity at the Education and Training Foundation. And last week I spent uh, two days with uh, with Mark Wright from the ETF and just wanted to sort of share some of the thoughts that we had over, over dinner and over our um, last two days. Yeah, hi, I'm uh, Mark Wright and I'm the Director of Development and Evidence at ETF. Mark, um, just want to have a quick conversation with you about uh, some of the things which we discussed discussed last week. And one of the things which we touched on was uh, was bias. And we know that bias is the sum of our experiences you know, over time. And I, I just wondered if you could tell us a bit about um, your background, Mark, and your early influences um, on you. Yeah, sure, Jeff. I think I came aware of it very early on in, in life. Uh, I was an upbringing in both Nottingham and a footprint in, in London as well. And I think the first time I encountered, encountered racism, for example, was my dear grandmother. She's a sweet old lady, um, but she made a remark when I was about five about someone across the street. And it, and it uh, made me wake up in my tracks that this wasn't right. Um, and it made me think, what's going on here? Um, and I think that really did send a whole kind of shockwave into what I was going to do in the future. Um, I think that's a, that's the where I can trace it back to um, through my education and, and onwards after that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I my education really was um, in some ways you can say it's been quite privileged. You know, I, I went to a grammar school and I don't recall having that much confronted that much racism when I was uh, when I was growing up, I first became aware of um, of racism and the difference when um, when I started my my first job um, within uh, within Oakdale Comprehensive, very very um, uh, white um, area within um, within South Wales, and I felt really very included in that uh, environment. You know, the people were uh, accommodating. You were you were welcomed. Uh, you were welcome there. And in one day I was walking back from the rugby club and uh, a guy pushed me into the corner and I thought um, I thought he wanted to sort of steal my money and something. I turned around to um, uh, to defend myself to hit him and something stopped me and then uh, a policeman was walking past and he said don't touch him he's one of us and I wasn't sure whether the policeman was talking about me or talking about him and it was a plainclothes policeman uh, and when it went all untangled, the police, the the clothes policeman, the one in their uniform, explained that he was looking for um, drug dealers and assumed that I was a drug dealer uh, for no other reason for the fact that I was black. And that was the first time I'd really encountered um, a racism in that um, what was for me a very, very inclusive, um, uh, inclusive community. So from your perspective, Mark, then. How do you how do you think we should deal with something like um, uh, like racism and the lack of diversity we have within um, within organisations and within education? Well, in a way, I'll go back to some of my again my my kind of early experience, and that relates to that is that 
I noticed that when I was growing up in, in a very in a monoculture in the Nottinghamshire area, it was quite, you could say, stagnant is the word I'd use. And some of the behaviours that people had was very unhelpful and very kind of nasty at times to, towards each other. Now, that was kind of con- in contrast to what I saw in London, which was the, the where the racism was uh, cl- clearly quite a problem. But it was rooted in the same thing. I thought, well, there's a common there's a commonality here. This is this is fear and ignorance underneath it all. And it, right from my grandmother's first remark was ignorance. But other other people were it's a mixture of both fear and and real real ignorance and I think that made me think about what 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 can I do about this and it was an epiphany for me for example to mm. to have a different experience in that time where the I was, when I was in, enjoying the the northern soul scene which was the mm-hmm. precursor to the club scene we have today uh, where rare uh, soul from the black communities of North America who it was a cry of freedom at a time when um, black America didn't have that freedom, that resonated deeply in the Midlands and the north of England, which was struggling at the time economically. And there was a real kinship across the uh, Atlantic in that respect. And the clubs were, there were very, there was no racism, not that I ever saw. Women could go and dance on their own without being molested like they would in, in in the normal clubs. And it was to me that was a culture change. I thought we need more of this, and it and it did. It was a mass culture. It wasn't mainstream, although it was a huge following, and it was something that actually changed society. It it, it led to some you know, huge differences in how people relate, related to each other, um, and I thought that taught me more about what we need than. I mean, I, I went on the, the marches and stuff in the seventies, but I thought every time we went on a march. The week later, there'll be another another sort of busload of people against you. So that, that I realised that you've got to fo- you've got to focus on what you do want rather than what you don't want. And the, the the protesting, while it had its place, was necessary, but wasn't sufficient. And ultimately, it it can it it shouldn't be what we need to do all the time. The thing that we need to do is the thing that's really passionate and attractive for people, that is inclusive, and that's what the Northern Soul scene was about. Uh, for so many of the at uh, the time, so I think bringing some in a way, bringing the essence of that into what what we do, and certainly into e- ETF. And I've certainly been keen to do that. I've been in, in my time at ETF. I've been instrumental in reshaping how we um, conduct our diversity leadership um, offering. So there's lots of things I've put in place to 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 in, encourage a, a more inclusive society and um, inclusive sector and mm-hmm. inclusive organizations but it starts with that self and how people perceive themselves and others yeah that's fascinating what you say there about um that, that change in culture and the things about fear and ignorance that's almost that resonates with me as well in terms of uh, the mass culture that i was involved in within south wales was there uh, was a sort of rugby and a sporting culture and there you got a sense that you were all everyone was different but you all had almost like a common goal you had a common direction something that binds you together and that um that helped you to form those um that bond that strong bond which helped you to belong and feel as though you belonged to a particular um uh, group i think that's something quite powerful within um within education and training as well that bond that we have uh to provide equity uh for our students and on that point of fear and ignorance, it's interesting because one of the other observations I had about living in um, in the South Wales um, Valley was that people were curious. They were curious to understand. 
um, who you were, where you were from, what you brought to the table. And that curiosity um, brought with it a certain amount of intelligence, which sort of mitigated the risk of, risk of ignorance and therefore the, um, uh, the fear. So I think you're right. There are some fundamentals that we can adopt to ensure that we have that culture of inclusion, things around curiosity, things around that common purpose, that common goal, that that mass culture um, that you, you talked about and that you're bringing into uh, the work that um, we do at, um, at, ET, at ETF. So thinking about ETF as an organization, you know, what value um, does diversity bring bring to the organization, do you think, Mark? Huge value. I think it's been underplayed for a long time. I think um, it's it was seen as a nice to have for too long, but I think it's absolutely central to what an effective organisation is about. An effective organisation is one where you are freeing up the resources of those within it, and they can only do that by by enabling people to be authentic. Then we need that we need their authentic selves to turn up for work and be focused towards a. A, a positive uh, a goal that the organisation has set for itself and that then includes everybody in that goal. Um, and that's exactly what we're looking to do and are doing. Um, but it, it, in a way, it's it's, it's countering that, that fear and ignorance. It's, it's in, endemic in society. And in a way, it's incumbent on leaders to, to lead in a way that is the opposite of that. So you lead with love. And it's a it's unfortunate that love's a four letter word, but it's it's one we don't we really know much about or know enough about. So, for example, so often when we're trying to uh, to deal with these issues of of where there's lack of diversity, when when you you can just see it happening where where it's the fear that drives people together. We always talk about when people are afraid, it causes mm. it's, it stimulates the the fight or flight but it's not just fight or flight it's fight it's fight and flight and flop people flock together when mm. we're, and that's what's happened in history now this is where we need to go beyond that because there's only one race and it's the human race and and, it, and it's important to, to appreciate the differences within that that is the, the, the that is the 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 the, the, the positive that, that we've got here the fact that we're not all exactly the same person we're all reflections and we all have our gifts to bring to the party. And I think if we enable a culture that enables those gifts to come out, that's when teamwork, i.e. together everyone mm. achieves more, starts to be really, really recognised and, and you can you can see the benefits. I mean, you know, that, that's what we're aiming for here. Exactly. You know, today's world is really quite complex and organisations, I think, are increasingly recognising that the greatest insights in a sense come from not from like-minded teams uh, but from teams who have quite a wide range of diverse viewpoints and perspectives you know the more complex the decision and the more competitive the market the greater the value is of these diverse inputs you know and that diversity can take several forms um, we tend to focus a lot on race and ethnicity, but don't forget the diversity, the thought that gender brings, the thought that age, uh, different ages bring, and the educational experience of people, the different experiences bring to um, uh, bring to the table. And that brings me on to just wanting to think a bit about um, how does this um, equity, diversity, and inclusion impact on your role at ETF and and how has that changed um, over time? Uh, in a way, I kind of um, I've been given a lot of thought to this uh, in terms of 
um, how we embed it more deep than we've been able to in the past. Um, it's been an, it's an ongoing journey, and but the good thing is a there's an appetite for change, which is great. Yeah. I feel that I mean I've come from a, a place where for a long time I was always felt like I was trying to make change from the outside, and now I feel like I'm I'm an insider able to to exert that change. Um, and I'm certainly as a member of SMT, I've got the, the privilege of being able to. Um, bring those ideas to being and so not just in in the uh, the area that I look uh, after but more broadly and it, there's a concerted effort across SMT to, to bring this about which is fantastic um, but it, it's how we take it to the next level is, is the key, mm. key key for me there's lots of things that have been done in the past and and it's it's how how we do, how we change hearts and minds and and take people on a journey so to me it is about leadership and getting people from uh, you know, in a way, almost like thought leadership and self-leadership, breaking down some of those perceptions. And it, it's not just about unconscious bias. Mm. One of my issues with that is, and the research is quite clear on that, is that it, it's a lot of people go on the courses and they don't. You don't always see a huge impact afterwards because they they dress themselves up in in the kind of the techniques and the thoughts. But it, it, if it doesn't change the fundamental outlook, then it's that whole idea that the mind that's changed against its will is of the same opinion still. And mm. there's been too much of that. And the and the research is very clear on that. I'm keen. I'm into the the, the core evidence of what actually works. What actually works is changing mindsets at the deepest level, and that is a leadership um, stroke psychology stroke coaching issue. So we put a lot into the. That's why the coaching was a key element of the diversity in leadership, and and, and throughout, in fact, um, at ETF, a lot of our programs are underpinned by coaching and mentoring because the evidence is very clear. It's one of the most powerful and potent forms of CPD. And again, we need to concert across the whole of our provision to orientate people so they can see that it is about a development. It's not just about training. It's about getting people to see with with fresh eyes um, and seeing what leading with love actually means, what it, what it is in practice and trusting people to see it for themselves. We need to move beyond where it gets pointed out to them. We want people to see it for themselves in a natural way so we can drop away some of the things that have been put in place. And some of the things that we've we've had over the years, uh, and rightfully so. I mean, I come from I was a union leader for many years, and, um, mm. that, and I think the unions did a, a, a fantastic job of of raising diversity as a key issue when when other parts of society were not uh, pushing it forward. So that was uh, important that we did that. But I think we now need to go to go beyond that in a way to the point where it gets it gets mainstreamed so that we end up it it, it become within ten years or hopefully less it shouldn't be it needs to be dropped as an issue because we're just doing it naturally that's if you're looking at what good leadership looks like what is effective mm. leadership it is that it's getting to yeah. the point where you don't have to talk about it because it's happening naturally but with this quite a journey but the journey for a lot of people is internally because you've got to in a way and un, 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 unplug some of that inner program that people have thanks mug that that's for me that's absolutely clear there because what I've learned from this conversation is that leadership is clearly the key to um, supporting and stimulating change. And now we've got these these leaders who are actually inside the tent. Um, you're the ones who can drive change. Because one of the things that um, has frustrated me in my in my time is that you've always felt as though you're slightly, slightly outside of uh, of the tent. You were advocating from the outside 
and you were trying to drive from the outside. Now we have a group of leaders, um, there's yourself and there are others across the sector, you see them uh, daily and you're now on the inside and you can drive this uh, this change. And the other insight I've gained from what you said there is that it's about thought. It's about leaders who have different thought uh, coming together to share those ideas. And then there's also a mindset shift that's taking place within the leadership, which drives some action. And that action, because it becomes repetitive and becomes part of the new set of habits, uh, your words, is it becomes mainstreamed and is changed over time. Well, that's that's a fascinating process and one which is very clearly a coaching process. But that takes time, Mark. And um, the constant um, uh, mantra that I hear is that, no, we've been doing this for some time. So what would be your um, uh, counter argument to the fact to those who say we've been doing this for some time, we've not made progress? OK, I, I think going back to your point about the the, bit of the past, I mean, so, so for example, you know, 10 years ago, I remember meeting up at AOC conference, people like but, you know, there was a group of us, Paul Vinder Singh, many people, um, it, it was then I think Leeds, now is the CEO at Kurt Lees. There was a agenda man at the uh, network of black and Asian professionals. A, um, I, I was um, a, a sponsor and supporter of, of that organization. It always felt like we were outsiders trying to trying to lobby and push. And um, uh, we were you know, sort of comparing notes every time we meet about how it's so slow, the pace of, of change was glacial. And often we felt it was going backwards. But I think now it, it, I feel there's a zeitgeist now because there's, there's a whole a bunch of people who are now in those positions to make the change. And it thinks it's, it's about leadership and leadership is about courage. It's about generosity of spirit. It's about living in the shoes of others. So it's about mm. making sure that we are, are able to pinpoint and define what effective leadership looks like. And I think that's the thing that's going to make the change. Now, that I don't think it has to be now it has to be a long period, because mm. if you can leadership is in the moment, it's in presence and you can we do need to have kind of more friendly, open, supportive challenge to help people see the reality, because I think that's what good leadership is. It's helping people to see what's actually going on and where we need to get to that's much more harmonious and better for everybody. And and clearly, you know, we're on this journey and, and part of what leaders need to do is help move people beyond diversity. Diversity has been an important part. And it, there always need to be a, a celebration of diversity, but diversity can too easily trip into division. If mm. you hold your identity as, as a particular set of characteristics and, and 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 you won't go beyond that it becomes part of the problem you know it, it can it can actually stop inclusion so we will need to get to that next level where we are all completely or you know, recognize for who we are and uh, united in a common purpose recognized for a common humanity um uh, nurtured and empowered so we can free the potential of each and every one of us that's what humanity needs to be doing that's what we need to be doing for our learners in fe who absolutely need as much help as they can get. And it's a lovely sector we have here. Um, mm -hmm. we, we need to be able to be the, the shining example for the rest of the society. And that's what FE often is. I see a lot of good good examples of this, but we we there's more a hell of a lot more than we can do and we need to do. And I think leadership is a good a big a big part of that. Absolutely right. You know, I, I see it uh, at a number of levels across uh, across the sector. I see practitioners now taking the lead. 
to do things in their own small way, which changes the game. You know, there are organisations out there who are looking at, for example, Black History um, curriculum throughout uh, throughout the year in Wales. For example, Black History is taught now as part of the national curriculum throughout um, uh, throughout the the school school days. You see practitioners out there looking at um, how they can um, promote um, support and LGBTQ plus curriculum. So practitioners are taking the lead on things, and I also see principals beginning to um, to own the uh, the problem, to own the strategy, to own the solutions, and saying um quite um clearly that this is my responsibility to take leadership on on this and increasingly you're seeing the stakeholders organizations the awarding organizations you're seeing some of the the agencies come up and say well actually how can we enable uh things to take place so i think you're absolutely right mark the zeitgeist is there it's, it is the right time to take that next important step and therefore my question really is around the the role of um the Education and Training Foundation in this. Now, how can we use the position of influence to affect change uh, across the sector? Mm -hmm. Certainly, uh, on one level, we do need to continue to challenge ourselves in terms of what we're doing in terms of our provision, which you know, I, I'm certainly, um, I'm pretty sure we're doing that, but I'm absolutely open to challenge. Is there something else that we can do that's gonna take us in that direction? Um, we've constantly review our, our provision. We've got, we've been making sure that there are, for example, um, uh, no, uh, uh, black only cohorts for leading from the middle to enable um, uh, people who've been underrepresented to have an opportunity to to mm. aim for those senior positions. And often, if they're not given a chance earlier on in the career, they're not going to get to those senior positions. So there's some positive action that we've been taking. Um, but all the time thinking, we're challenging yourself, what can we do that's beyond that? And I think that's that that's the next stage I'm interested in. And how can we help the sector do that? And a, lot, a lot of it is that making sure we get to the point where we recognise what effective leadership in this space looks like. And it's it's, it's that fearless um, leadership that ch is able to challenge in the right way. So, um, for example, even, you know, even when people get some kind of get get stuck in in a in a particular uh, mode of um, identification just pointing out if if it's unhelpful in terms of the the language you use i think language is the is is becoming a battleground but mm -hmm. it's but then if that's where it's at then that's where we need to enter it and be be doing the right thing which is what leadership is it's doing the right things so so it's, again that's the thought leadership making sure people are very clear with what if you're not because if you're not careful without using the right language you can end up unwittingly going into the wrong places that take you away from inclusion and away from diversity and, and back into being stuck into almost silos and the one thing that we we you know we we know is you know particle physics tells us that there are, everything's interconnected there's a it we, we just see like empty space between us but there's atoms galore there's no there's no kind of there's no division in that respect. Um, so all the time looking for where is where is where is diversity tipping into division and mm. seeing it and then challenging it, doing something about it, and basically reorientating it. And it's not it doesn't have to be in a in a in a kind of in a in a confrontational way. It's in an educative way. And that's when it comes back to I mean, my many time years ago in, in when I used to work for Friends of the Earth and, and really about ecosystems. And it's, it's coming back to that. How does how do we sit, sit comfortably in our own ecosystem, recognising mm -hmm. that we're all 
interconnected. And I think that's a really important thing that leadership can deliver to break down those barriers. And also at times, um, there's almost challenge ourselves. You know, mm. Some leaders need to be able to step out of the way, for example. I think that's that's in, entirely not a, uh, not a bad thing at all. I sometimes see it like when you're at school and you see some kids hogging all the toys, you know, if you've had enough time with the toys, recognise that and step out of the way to let someone else have a go. It can be as simple as that. There's lots of ways that we can you can unblock the blockages and, and allow people who have not had a chance to have a chance with support so they can fly and they can you know, really do greater things because they come with a new perspective. They come with a whole host of new ideas. And that's what we need as a society. So we, we move away from that stagnation I talked about from my early upbringing when it was a the monoculture was not a healthy place to be we're in a much richer society now okay you know it, things are wobbling economically in other areas but it was like that in the 70s as well but so some things mm-hmm. haven't changed but in this area it has it's changed an awful lot we've come people forget how far we've come sometimes yeah. the bruises we have because of what's happened in the past can make you forget that we've come a long way but this for me is how etf and this sector as a whole can help nudge towards from diversity into inclusion that's that's the key thing how do we get to that inclusion and it is it's about us taking that 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 those brave steps to do things that sometimes are personally uncomfortable but it's the right thing to mm-hmm. do that's what's when you that's what leadership's about it's encouraging others to be leaders because recognizing that everyone is a leader i think that's the thing you're leading your life Mm-hmm. So most of our provision is based on that. It's le- you're leading yourself already. You need to get better at that so you can challenge upwards, sideways, a- a- every which way. And then those those leaders can increasingly go through the pipeline, leadership of, the te- of your technical specialism, leadership of others, leadership then of the organisation and beyond. We need more system leaders and we need more diverse system leaders. Uh, gay, lesbians, uh, in black Asian, Chinese, we just need more diversity going on at those levels. Um, and it, it's, it's starting to happen. I see it happening. It's good. But sometimes it's unseen. And I think we need to almost also step out of this, that some of the, 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 the sort of unhelpful binary approach of black, white, all that kind of stuff. People sometimes look at me, think, oh, he's a white man, he's middle ages, so he must have had a privileged life, lifetime. Well, believe me, it wasn't didn't feel privileged coming up the route I came up. But you know, it, it's important to, to to push through these things, get help where you can and 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 help others get where they need to be in life. And that's what leadership can do for for for, for the society and for the sector and for the learners. Mark, there's uh, there's passion there, Mark, and there's purpose in what you in what you say there around this um, this ecosystem that um, uh, we're working within. And um, you talk a lot about system leaders. Uh, to me, the Education and the Training Foundation is a system leader, and there's something about raising the profile of what um, of what we do. You know that passion, that purpose, which you um, exude there. You know that. Um, how can we raise the, the profile of what we do? We have good CPD um, uh, products. I think a, ne- a nudge might be in creating that space for some of those difficult conversations to take place. I know, I know you're talking about a leadership institute, whether that's the space that could be used to for people to have that uncomfortable conversation that opens up some of these um, areas. And also, how can um, ETF use practitioners to inform 
some of the products that are coming uh, coming forward because they're good products, but could they be better if they had more uh, diverse input from the practitioners? So I'm really sort of hinting at uh, my last question really is what are the next um, the next steps, the next nudges that we can take uh, to move from diversity into this inclusion? Is this something that you're thinking about now, Mark, that will help us to take that next um, that next step? Yeah, I mean, uh, giving a lot of thought to the Leadership Institute, which is in its very, very early stages. Um, it's 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 really it needs to be for the sector, by the sector. ETF is a facilitator of this uh, with others. Um, and, and it's it's needs, it's going to be a greenhouse for leaders. It needs to grow leaders from across the spectrum. And it needs to grow, be able to target and encourage people who are currently underrepresented to, to, to really get in there from, from an early stage. Um, it needs to be uh, enable, have lots of psychological safe spaces so that those discussions and challenges can be had um, and so that we can help to facilitate the movement of a culture that enables um, certainly diversity, but then absolutely inclusion to flourish naturally so that it becomes the mainstream so you don't I mean the, again the goal is same however long the 10 years time I wouldn't want to have to be I mean this week's a black history uh, uh week a month but in the start but we you know we, we don't need to be having that hopefully uh, we, when it gets mainstream we need to have all these things as, as like stabilizers that you can let go of um and it's so we need to continue to do what we're doing at the moment which is to move uh, and sometimes it feels like a bit of, yeah, I, I can sometimes feel like I'm kind of, I, you know, like a lot of people, I want it to go faster, but then it, it can only go as fast as, as people around who are, have the ability to wake uh, and grow and want to ch make the change themselves. Because obviously we, we, we grow through others and we grow through people and, and we can't force change on people, but we can certainly be the, the uh, demonstrate the change that we want to see happen. We certainly do it in, in ETF. And hopefully it's a culture that will be attractive to others. We're having people, you know, going out into the sector quite a lot. We need to people to. So if they've had a a really, um, I, mean, I see a lot of really positive experience of people going through the, the provision. We need people to tell others about it um, and say what, what what it's done for them to encourage others to to step forward to perhaps go through that as well. And and to, as you say, to to be part of the journey of of if it doesn't feel right, if it's not doing something that it could help us take those next steps that's the kind of message we want to hear so that that's the feedback we want so we can incorporate it into both not our, just our, our, our provision in the nuts and bolts of what we do but the thinking behind it it's the thought leadership that that that's uh, kind of creates the the, the the bow wave as it were it's that move to the future that's that, that sometimes the freshness the newness the ideas of what's going to be the next thing we've got lots of those ideas but it shouldn't all come from us it's got to come from everybody and and if so rather than someone feeling uncomfortable and they wish it was another way and they've got an idea bring the idea forward we need lots of forums by which that can happen which, which can be shared in which we can all benefit from it because that's the whole point of the division i mean the, no, the diversity division is when we keep things for ourselves diversity is when you 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 have the gift you've got in terms of your experiences your culture your background and you give it to others so that's what all the national days should be so you know and increasingly they are and i think there's a place for them the laws possibly be a place for that who knows but yeah so i want to st george's day to be about you know, whatever the best of that that English culture, because for a long time it's been 
um, purloined by other forces, but bring it back, make it a positive thing. What 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 has the English lineage done? And it's not all bad. So bring forth the good the good essence and share it around. Mm. Just like I've benefited hugely in my lifetime from all the benefits from being in a, in a very much more globalised world and a globalised um, certainly a globalised London. And and I like it when now people say to me, where are you from? No, no where are you really from? I, I get that too. You know? And and I understand how it's, <laughs> it's been challenging for others. But, you know, I've, I've, I, I get that. Cause it, and I thought that made me smart. thought, yeah, I made it. I'm in a country where people don't even know where I come from. So. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, Mark. You know, uh, what, what I really uh, value there is that, um, again, open my eyes to this idea of going from division uh, to diversity and then to uh, to inclusion and part of that is about leaders such as yourself being open uh, being open to challenge been open to having conversations been open to the difficult conversations about where you're really from uh, and um, we had that conversation last week didn't we I'm glad we had this conversation today Mark uh, we didn't have enough time last week to, to talk it through I'm really pleased that we've had we've had that chance and if there's one thing you would want to leave um, our listeners with in terms of uh, of a thought um what would that thought be one thing you'd want to uh leave us uh with uh, today i think for mars thoughts i'd say one thing that really left the impression for me when i did my studies um in my early 20s was the soren kick god quote that if you label me you negate me and holding that really deeply and recognizing when you are labeling somebody so even if you if, if someone uh, I'm far from stale, but the stale male and pale, you know, is is a stereotype and a judgment. So it, just watch when watch a language um, be be focused. And I think people have got what they need inside them to do all this. But we do it together. And that's what's going to benefit everybody. It's a really positive narrative in this. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for um, sharing your thoughts today. And um, I look forward to work, continuing our working uh, relationship together. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks. To read more about how the ETF is supporting the sector when it comes to promoting equality, diversity and inclusion, please visit the ETF website at et-foundation.co.uk.